You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I will not eat my Pop Tart while we're talking on the microphone. That guy? That guy. <laughs> that guy. Random uh, conversation. Well, um, we were talking about Sven Gulli before the afternoon. The boy, the afternoon. Yeah. Um, Sven Gulli, what is it? It is a Saturday night, uh, old-timey, hosted movie presentation show with a guy who has a funny little costume. I'm not trying to be demeaning because I love it. Is he uh, called Sven Gulli or is he just Sven? Sven Gulli. And it's on MeTV. So if you have MeTV on any of your... We have, we don't even have cable TV, but we have it on HD. On the antenna. Coming through the Rabbit air. Ears. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> on Saturday night, they have Superhero Saturday night or whatever. So they have all kinds of Wonder Woman and stuff like that. I don't know why they have Lost in Space and... Um, it's sci-fi. It's sci-fi, maybe. Sci-fi, yeah. It? It's Star Trek. It starts yeah. with. But he hosts he'll show a movie like tonight is Murder in the Zoo. We have no idea what that means. It could be from 1935 or 1955 or 1962, and it's just could be low quality. Last week it was Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. So if you've seen that movie, you understand the type of movies that he shows. Yes. Like B movies. But he's also showed like um, I remember Frankenstein. He did, yeah, a lot of the Universal movies because they own them now or own the rights to show them and. Other ones that are just kind of wacky and weird. They did the Invisible Man, the original one, one one week, and he does his little shtick in between where he does weird like joke book jokes that you love, like when you were seven years old. You know, um, hey, a horse walks Silly. into the bar, and the bartender says, "Hey, what's with the it's long kinda, face?" It's kind of, it's kind of, you know, when people like Mystery Science Theater three thousand, but that's like they make they do the commentary throughout the entire I movie. Even compare it. I this guy comes on in between the mo- movie. And gives you facts about the I like the facts about yeah. the movie. Or sometimes he'll just say a silly joke. I'll put himself into the movie so it's like a special effect. Yeah. He'll show... Not during the movie. But no. he'll show you. He'll take the cast and say, you might remember this person as, you know, the Mr. Ripple from the Charmin commercial. The lady but- from Titanic. The old Correct. La- like, the old lady from the movie Titanic that everybody knows. She was a, obviously a film star before She was in the one that. with Rondo. But she was guy. a young yeah. uh, actress in this old movie we watched. That was an interesting one. But um, it's it's a cool show. It's um, it is. kitschy, kind of You would funny. never have thought you would have liked it, ever. I found it, and I started watching it, and then I kind of wanted... I kept missing it, and then I'd be like, oh, I'd really love to watch that. And then you watched it with me one night, but you were actually playing on your little tablet gamey thing, kind of looking up every once in a while. And then after that, I said, we don't have to watch it, and you're like... Can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, like uh, actually some of the movies are condensed for time. He, he said on his yeah. Facebook, so you might not get the full movie, but you do get a, it's a two-hour show. So if the movie was two hours twenty minutes, they condense it down. Some slightly. of the movies, it doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't because <laughs> some of them are terrible. My favorite person of, of all is that woman. I forget the name of it now with the Rondo guy and the sculptor where she was posing. Kept dropping the thing dropping. when she's finished. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. What was that movie? <laughs> It was murder in the... No, it was no. like House of Horror. House of Horrors. Yeah. It was. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's Sven Gulli. It's on MeTV. If you live in America, you'll be able to find it. Because apparently be it's to. countrywide, that MeTV. So um, yeah, it's probably... That's not commercial, because again, but that was what we were discussing yeah. before. Now the after the after the show discussion will lead us to watching Sven Gulli. 
Yes, so it is Saturday, April the 23rd. This is after the show number 424. The movie we're looking at this week is Black Mass. It's a 2015 movie. You can get it on Blu-ray right now. It's out already. It's R-rated, and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the movie Black Mass before we talk about it. Mm, It's sort of a um, Hollywood look at some true events around... Uh, the guy, Jimmy Whitey Bulger. Bulger. Bulger, Bulger. I always heard it Bulger, but... Um, well, this- he was like a real-life person. Boston, 70s and 80s, gangster kind of guy. Eventually, you know, people told on him and tattletailed on him, and then he, you know, only in recent years did he get caught as an old man. So you might have seen it, flashes of it in the news. So this is a Hollywood sliced-up little look at his... Kind of, it. It's not like you're. It's not like a Scarface, Scarface kind of thing where he like rises to power and then he's like all powerful and no, everything like fact, that. It's just this. It's just a look at the person and the people around him, and in the background, his his rise in power is obvious, but it's not like the feature of it to me. So that's what it is. No, yeah. So, um, how did you like Black Mass? We'll go with you first. That was. Absolutely in excellent. One of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Like quality, everything, tension, the performances. I mean, there are some moments with people that I was just like, "Wow, whoever's directing these people is not standing for any bullshit." I mean, to be honest, it's an awesome cast. It is to start with. Every, but I mean, you know, there's always the possibility that somebody could be, you know, too much of the guy who does the thing, duh, 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 you know, like trying too hard to be the Boston-y gangster guy. That was more New York, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. See, no, there was none of that. None of that. But I kept thinking, whoever's directing these people, including Johnny Depp, is doing a good job of not letting him be anything other than, what, yeah. like, the person. It's like a reined-in kind of thing. Yeah, there's yeah. no, like, big gesturing. I mean, when you watch it, you'll realize there's, a, you know, the Boston accent is in there, so everybody has to put that in there, and there's gangster behavior, and there's lots of bravado and machismo, and but it's not, none of it is too much, and I felt like there's a director behind this that is saying, okay, okay, that's good, that's good, but... uh Let's do it again. Or the people are just so good. Because it really is massively good. Every single yeah. person. I was impressed. Now, I loved it. I'm familiar with this story from Martin Scorsese's The Departed, which actually deals with him quite a bit in that. it's called, it was The original movie was in Infernal Affairs, and then they remade it as De- The Departed. And that is all I know. And that isn't a, it's not a, a whole story about him. He just is involved in that. So you kind of understand who that guy is. But this is like literally like like a it's not it's follows him. And I knew some of the details, but then some of I just read about it on Wikipedia. <laughs> some of the details in the movie are not true at all and, and the director even said that. Like he, he, some of it is based on somebody said this, somebody said that, there was a thing of this. So we made an interesting scene out of that. So there is a bit of that in this movie. Which I don't think matters. In I think the movie. it does matter because if you're selling me on the idea that this is about a real person and real events, then don't bullshit me. I don't want any bullshit. I understand it's a movie and what it's not a documentary. What was the movie that you said it was ruined the other day because of that? You do, we watched something and, and it was like it ruins the illusion. No, you watched some. We watched yeah. something and uh, it was clear that it was. I don't remember what it was, but the same point applies that 
as a story, I love it. It's an excellent movie, well made, but you're not telling me a true story anymore. So don't try to kid me. And they never say in this movie, this is a true story. No. It doesn't come up at the beginning. True. And they, there are lots of real facts in but this movie. But we're stupid. We yeah. watch a movie or we read a book... And then we I think, think that's the yeah right, and yeah. I understand that there's a flaw in us. And so go and, but that know. makes me think. If I'm trying to understand these human beings because you're trying to tell me their story, then I'll never understand because you're not telling me their real story. Yeah, well, what this movie is is it's an adaptation of the novel, the successful novel Black Mass, rather than like. This is a, a piecing together, you know. The, even the novel, right? Then the novel's flawed. In as fact, well. in fact, Whitey dismisses the novel. In fact, he wouldn't meet with Johnny Depp because he, you call him that, like he's your friend. Who Whitey? Whitey. Well, he wouldn't meet with Johnny Depp to do some research for the role because he he realized, oh, it's about that book. They're making that book. I don't like that book, so I don't, I don't want to meet with you. So. He doesn't even like the book. And I'm not saying that that's a good source of information as right. the person who's being accused of all these terrible things. However, that just tells me that I'm watching a work of fiction. So I don't even, I don't like even pretending that it's, just tell me a story about fictional people. I mean, you could say, like, somebody like Whitey Bulger, that he's, he's in prison, somebody hands him a copy of the book that is about his life, and he reads it, and it's like, hey, he strangled this young girl. And he's like, I didn't strangle no girl. Like, you know, like... You would immediately not like that thing, would you? You'd be like, that's not my story. Oh, the story of me is when I tell you it, not when some guys write about right, And I wouldn't in. believe him either. Because the so. guys who wrote the book are from the Boston Globe. It's like um, Spotlight. Yep. They, I said a lot of bad shit's happened in Boston. Yeah, they researched <laughs> him and then wrote a novel, right? A, yeah, a novel. So it's elaborated and uh, conjecture like oh well he was supposed to be there and somebody said they saw him there on that night so and that guy died like so maybe that was something to do with him that's what that book is doing so that means don't take this as a gospel but it's an entertaining movie you know for you, I would imagine, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking, well, this this is, you think this movie's totally awful because it's just a made-up thing. Like, you know? I didn't even think the other one was totally awful. I just think that don't tell me a story with real people in it that isn't, I mean, there's going to be enough interesting stuff. If, you're, if you've got to the point in history where you've got a person's life or an event in your hand written down that you want to turn into a motion picture to sell to the world... Something interesting has happened in that person's life. A lot of interesting shit, right? Why isn't that enough? Why do we have to... I understand for brevity, like you can't tell a person's 50-year life or 100-year life and get it all in a movie. I get that. So there's clipping and cutting. But combining characters and combining events and... Separate from it being about real people, it is an actual awesome motion picture. I mean, it's quality to me all the way through. I'm, I'm The feelings I get from a movie are often what make me really kind of sink my teeth in and go, it's really good because I was my stomach felt weird half the time. I felt threatened and then I started thinking about the real, like every time I took a toilet break, I would think in real life these people existed and worse things than what we're seeing happen to human beings every day at the hands of bullies and gangsters and criminals people who want to 
you know, extort you because you're a bakery on the corner. So they come in every day and say, look, we'll, we'll protect you or we won't kill you if you give us 50 bucks a week or whatever. That happens in real life. That's what it made me think about. And so what I'm seeing doesn't need to be fictionalized. Right. It could just be like straight up like the real deal. Because the, the only controversy of the book, the main controversy of the book is, and it, and it appears in this film, is he kills a woman. And also weirdly assaults a woman with his hand on her face. Yeah. Those two incidents, uh, this guy, Whitey, says, you know, he's a criminal. You don't know. He could be bullshitting. But his thing under oath and everything is, I never hurt or touched women or children. So... In that book, it's it makes him seem monstrous. Those two mm-hmm. scenes, don't they? Like an absolute monster. All of it monster. does, really. <laughs> but, so that's what he. Uh, uh, but it is in this movie too. But um, the director seems fixated on a man who has really because his brother, as we see in the movie, is actually a state senator. Yeah. So that brother has taken a completely different route. However, if you if you look at both personalities and you as you do in real life you're going to find that the person with the most charisma and the most clever at manipulating people and the most they draw you in yeah they're both a similar you, personality but the choices that a person makes and who they manipulate and what they want out of it are very you know can be very different put it on a parallel with like the Cray twins who are two london gangsters from the 60s brothers Twins in this case, N- not in this case, but they had different kind of personalities, but they both went the same route and both kind of, they're similar, but not the same. These two would be the same thing. If these two were a team I mean, of they're gangsters, the same personality. Same personality, but there's a, there's a, like in the Cray twins, one of them's a bit more sensible, the other one's a, a violent lunatic, and they kind of control each other, like... Yeah, that's how these two would have been if they'd have went that way. Because there's one who's yeah. kind of level-headed and one who's a but bit we don't know head. truly what no. has ever gone on. Be whatever went on between the brothers. One as a senator, one as a gang leader, boss guy. Who knows who was scratching each other's back but or exactly. Whatever. And all that is not touched upon. No, no, it's not like at all. it's all it's separated out in this movie. And and even the director said, you know, I will, you can. They look, say you can decide, but let's. Or be you honest. can look into it, this more. But it doesn't show you. It doesn't. It gives you no. No, indication. not from the movie. From other. I know, but I'm facts. saying they're yeah. telling you to make up your mind, but they give you no, nothing for you to balance. All you think is Benedict Cumberbatch is Mr. Wonderful and Mr. Perfect and Mr. Non-Criminal, and Jimmy is the criminal. That's all they give there's you. They never, give you. In this movie, there's yeah. never even a conversation of like, can you do this corrupt thing never. for me, please, brother? There's never that. No, it's like he is yeah. averse to even it. Even when they're in the same room having breakfast, it's like a... Um, just a brother's... Like, brother let's mom. ignore our things completely. This is us just having some time with mother. Yeah, there's no like, like look or wink. Nothing. So you yeah. can go, oh, maybe the brother is... It. So that's bullshit to me for the director. That has to be bullshit, doesn't it, really? If they're two brothers and they're... And they actually do interact with each other. Yeah. They tell each other things. They're not going to completely ignore their whole lives. And, and I mean, say, it's possible. I can't say it's not possible. That'd be difficult, though, wouldn't it? To never say anything. What do I say to my sister every day? Nothing. My sisters and brother. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, but... They could be the biggest crime lord in the state, and I have no idea. But with a, somebody like his brother that Benedict Cumberbatch plays, who's a kind of... 
I would think, would be disgusted by the violence side of that. It's not right, something he I'm could saying. ever come to terms. When they try to sell us the idea that we're supposed to make up our own mind, there's none. Of, we don't get any chance no, to make up our own mind. there's nothing in this movie that you could make up your own mind. No. It's too on the middle of it all. Not yeah. on the middle at all. The senator brother is Mr. Good, and the criminal brother is Mr. That's Bad. What, I mean, there is nothing. It's just a, the scales are like this. Like That's what I mean. The scales are just... It's like, yeah. this guy is this, this guy is this. There's no, oh, one second, they're just going to... Maybe he'll team up with him. No, there's none of that. Yeah, true. But um, what I really liked about this movie was that, the relationship between him and his brother, and how how much of a pain in the ass... I, I wanted more of the Benedict Cumberbatch character, because I was thinking, if you are that guy, and you're in that seat of power, like he was, or like he is, was, still is? No. No, no he, he got... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he was at that time. Imagine trying to seriously do that job with everybody knowing, because it's all over the papers and everything, who your brother is. How can they take you seriously as this senator? Because they think you're a scumbag well, as well. Well, that's the thing, though. He wasn't in the papers until that moment. He wasn't anybody. He was people nobody. People knew who he was. The FBI knew who he was. Under the... Yeah. Yeah, so people in power would know who he is. And you would be looking at this other guy going, his brother kills people. I can't take him seriously. He's, you know, so I was thinking, I would like to see, like, how that worked in his life, which you see none of. No. But um, you do see a lot of Jimmy's whitey, his life. And what I liked about it was, yes, there's violence in this movie, like a Goodfellas, like really aggressive violence in, in parts. But it's not really the focus of it. Hmm. It's more about, like, the relationships and how scary this guy is. Reminds me of Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, where he's like, he's all right, and then next thing he's smashing your head in with a hammer, right? This guy is like that, too. That one scene in the car where he's... Where they, mm-hmm. it's, he's like a... All um, of them. It's like always a, a punctuation. We pre- he's like, he's very stiff and very, like, together, and then next thing he's an animal, like... So I like the exploration of that in this movie. And how I think many people the way does that, he actually kill in this movie? A lot, right? The, way that, the ones that he kills? Mm. I think there's only three that he personally kills. He has other people I... kill other people, but that's all he's killed that we see. The punching didn't yeah. die. The strangling and yeah. the strangling. Oh, and the shooting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Just three. But he had other people. But then he tells them. people directly, yeah. go and do that, doesn't he? So, yeah, it's, um, I, I, I liked it because it has this old school gangster. What is it about men? Why do you, why you, you, you're going to have to represent here. What is it? About being a criminal and a liar and a piece of shit that makes men, these men, some men, and I'm sure some women, but mostly men, let's be very honest here. What is it? What is it that when you get up in the morning and you rub your hands together and you drink your coffee and you go, who am I going to fuck over today so I can get a few bucks? And who am I going to fucking blow his brains out because he dishonored my woman? I mean, what is that? No, the funny thing is, uh, when you you ask that. I like uh, movies like Goodfellas and The Sopranos. I think it brings out something hidden in you. But um, you know, a lot of people see see those kind of movies as aren't they cool? Those bad guys aren't they really cool? Like it's so cool, like you can like beat somebody in and get all the money off him. I've never seen it as cool. I've seen I always see them as even Tony Soprano. I see them as scumbags, like absolute scumbags, who they're psychopaths. Most of them who, who are portrayed, including this guy. Who try and they like operating in society, but 
You know, like uh, Patrick Bateman in uh, American mm-hmm. Psycho. It's like this veil of uh, like this. But there's mask. no veil. No, I mean it, they 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 polite society people, and mm-hmm. then the next uh, the next thing they they're chopping somebody up with a hammer with with an axe or something. I always see it like that, like the like you're watching this psychopath trying to operate in real life, which must be hard because they they have the tendencies of the other thing. Like they want to, if a guy says something to them in a bar. And they want to just fucking kill him. They just want to kill him, yeah, because like they think they're so higher. But then there's the Joe Pesci character who does. Who does just, kill him, yeah. It, yeah, now what... But know. I never see it as cool, and some people do. They go, oh, that's so cool. Do you see Goodfellas? How cool are those guys? I've never seen it like that. I'm like, no, they're not cool. They're all dickheads. Like, they're. Would you want to associate with them? No. Would you want to hang out with these guys? No. Say something wrong, you get a hammer in your head, right? It's like, I've never seen so it So what's that intriguing way. about it? I, I'm intrigued by, like, like, the... I'm always intrigued by unhinged people, you know? Why? There's something... I, I Why I'm fascinated by that is how they pretend to function normally when underneath all they want to do is probably, like, fuck everybody. Like, anybody who's just irritating to them. You know, like, they you know say... At, at the beginning when they sat in the bar and there's a guy messing with the nuts in the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that, right? So in this movie, th- one of his guys <laughs> is putting his hands in the nuts in the bar and eating peanuts. Them. Yeah, nuts. A bowl right. of peanuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not putting his hands in his bollocks in in the peanuts. And he's and, touching them all, and he's licking his fingers. And it's irritating to the to. He's been watching him for a while, hasn't he? Yep. Now, if they weren't in a bar, he would have liked to punch him in the face, right? But he's just. Hold no, it. I think he picks his battles. That's the thing about this character, as we're portray- as he's portrayed, is that he says what he means, and his actions are precisely how he feels and what he thinks needs to be done in that moment. There's no, there's no like like that. He needs that guy because that's his guy, isn't he? He's like his Ice Man. He's the guy. He needs who all kill. those guys. Really. Well, he needs that guy particularly. That guy will kill anybody, anywhere, anytime, anywhere, with no anything. He'll just do it. So he knows that, right? So he's looking at him. Oh, and he's so disgusting, the peanut guy. <laughs> it just grossed me out so bad. But you're right. He, and as he said it, if he ever did it again, yeah, that's when he would he knows get a hammer to the head. The next time you do it again, <laughs> you're dead. Like it's, it's it, yeah. And it's just a small thing, but it but this makes this guy terrifying because how do you deal with a guy like that? You've all seen him kill people, and you've seen him lose his shit. They probably they've all seen him lose his shit. And then you have to interact with him day to day. It's like... You need him at, like, at the dinner scene where he d- tells him what's on the steak. And then he's like... Yeah. Secret. And, he, you know, that whole scene, too, was really... <laughs> yeah, it's intimidating as hell. Yeah. So I've always been fascinated by that. Because they're all sociopaths. But I know people who go, they're Here's so what, cool. I want to be like good fellas guy. what they say about people and entertainment and stories from all, from all of history... When humans listen to stories or watch stories or read stories, that they're drawn to characters who are a mirror of their true self. Hmm. So that means you're a psychopath. Yeah, because I do like psychopaths. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like... But no, I've never seen them as cool. Never. Like, even like Pulp Fiction, they're kind of... They're made to be cool. Like, everything about the way Tarantino does Pulp Fiction is like, see these bad guys? They're badass motherfuckers he actually <laughs> says that Samuel L. Jackson I'm a badass motherfucker like the whole thing is like we're all cool no you're not you're scumbags you rob banks you kill people 
I've always saw it from the other side, like, no, these are really bad people. Would I want to hang around with them? No. But you also know. like heists and capers, and you like people being criminals You know what I like shit? about heists? Like, I, I like heist movies. There's a lot of tension in a heist movie, right? But do you like it when they get caught, or like when they it. get away with it? I like... Uh? I, I like both, actually. Um, it doesn't matter to me. Like We're not if really get, talking about this movie, but... <laughs> it doesn't matter to me if they get caught or not. It's the tension of a heist, like, you know, like the, oh god, is somebody coming? Are we going to get through the story in time? I like all that stuff. That's what I like about a heist. This does not have a heist, this movie. <laughs> no. Um, not really, no, no. But, uh, yeah, it's a really well told, I think. Uh, we're going to get onto the cast in a minute, because there is a bit of a revelation in the cast here. Because, you know, well, let's get onto the cast. My feelings of Johnny Depp, and I've said it many times, <laughs> is... You're not a huge fan. I'm not, I'm not really, hardly a fan, um... He likes, you know, as we all know, like he does things like Alice in Wonderland and Edward Scissorhands, and he likes these, you know, crazy characters, which I think is very easy to get. You you don't even know it's him half the time, you know, Willy Wonka. You know, oh, so, you always know it's him. That's I mean, there's the so much it. makeup and everything. It's easy to yeah, but it, he shines right through it all every single yeah, time. Yeah, I just mean it's easy to like get behind that stuff and do something. Like, I, you know, you can do a performance behind it. It's Jack Sparrow. Um, oh, you're saying you could just be... But then, in some movies, I, I find Johnny Depp to be actually terrible. Like, like Transcendence, which is a movie we saw from... I think it was my worst movie of that year. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and he's playing Johnny Depp, pretty much, in that movie. And I hate him in it. Like, it's like... You don't know Johnny Depp. No, I mean, I know, because I see him being interviewed, and that's how that... Uh, James Castor, or whatever he was called, in Transcenders, that's how that character comes across to me. It's... I'm not putting on any airs. I'm just being Johnny Depp. Like, I'm... I've, I've lowered all that stuff. I'm not doing a character. I'm just... Well, he's me. being that character, though. I yeah, I know, but that, that character Depp. is me. It, it's, it's not a pot on thing there's no I've not got a thing even this character has a pot on you know he, he puts I disagree on with you because every character has a thing that he he's acting as that character yeah I just think it's and he does this one where with the window thing that one where he's that novelist a in long that, time ago he, I didn't like that one um, eating Gilbert Grape didn't like that one I like the tourist there's a lot of uh, it was still a bit goofy you gotta mm-hmm. admit it was a bit but I liked it it got a bit slapsticky at times with the action and stuff um, so I'm not a fan of him. I really... There's nothing. I can't think of anything where I'm super impressed. Yeah, you liked him as that uh, in... Um, was it was it called? Not cocaine. Blow. Yeah, Blow. Yeah, if I had to... I mean, he's still kind of that weird character yeah. guy, but yeah. So I... You know, I'm usually in the mind of, oh, it's a film with Johnny Depp as the star. I might not like this. But in this movie... This is my favourite Johnny Depp performance. I can easily say it's my favourite one of all of them. Because, and I know people, somebody even says on the back of the box here, John Depp vanishes into the role uh, and you won't know it's him anymore. That's not the case. Mm-mm. But he has got makeup on, let's say. And so prosthetic. It, so it doesn't look exactly like Johnny Depp, even though you can see Johnny Depp. But the actual physicality and the acting that's coming out of it is not it's very like still and very it's menacing like it's it's not what i expect from him it's it's very this there were moments where i was like oh yeah that's not like i i forgot that that's johnny depp there are moments where he's going into something especially yeah. when he's touching that woman's face that yeah. was like fucked up i was like whoa 
Like that seemed very intimate. That scene, like, it, like she was even frightened she of was. doing the scene. <laughs> well, she was acting. It was almost like they hadn't gone into what was yeah. going to happen fully, and then they just did it. Like so, yeah. There are moments where I'm like, wow. So yeah, it, it's my favorite Johnny Depp performance. I was not expecting that. I was expecting to come out of this and go, oh, God, Johnny Depp had a funny prosthetic thing on, and he was being outrageous. He isn't. Mm-mm. He's very, and he's got this like physicality about his body that's different like the way that he wears those jeans and those like yeah. Cuban it makes him look kind of kind of slouchy or something like but with stiff. his shoulders back yeah like stiff cocky yeah so even the profile when you see him walking away from the camera and stuff it's like yeah that doesn't look like him so I really enjoyed him in this what did you think of him I agree with everything and you said. like him normally or you don't mixed, ma- mixed bag I mean yes I do like Paris the Caribbean and it is fun. Yeah. But it's, it's always it's Johnny nothing Depp. special to It's Johnny Depp yeah. being that person. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's acting. But he never gets lost to me. Fully. But in this... Pretty he close. thinks a lot about it. And with all that stuff on his face, too, I mean, you still get a lot of... i got to say that's good Depp. makeup, too. Really good. Like, it's not like where I was going, oh, that's really... Because sometimes I always, like, hair... It's always a bit dodgy, like, whenever, like, it's not their hair. Because in this movie, he's got, like, a... Um, bald cat. Bald cat with hair stitched into it. <laughs> but the hair's perfect. Like, I was looking at the style of it, how it's swept around the back and everything. It doesn't look like, it's oh, very poorly. that's a dodgy wig. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like somebody trying to... He's going bald, but trying to still look cool, you know? But um, the makeup is good, I think. The eyes are really... He's got blue contact lenses in. And like the guy last week who had blue contact lenses in, it was distracting for me last week. But in this one, it just made him look even more kind of evil. Like him weird. So yeah, I really enjoyed him in it. Um, and this cast is excellent. I've it's got really to say. good. Like it's fun. As I was watching it, and I didn't really know, I wrote this down like two weeks ago. I didn't know. Who, and as, as people popped up, I was like, wow, he's in it. Oh, whoa, her. And you know, it was, I was like. Wow, this is full of people. So next person's Joel Edgerton, who I'm a big fan of. I think he's excellent. Uh, he plays John Connolly. He's like the FBI guy in this. Because what else this story is about is a lot of people scratching each other's backs for, you know, Whitey knows an FBI guy, has known this guy because they grew up in Boston together. He becomes an FBI guy. He becomes a criminal. They still know each other. They kind of scratch each other's backs a bit. That's who Joel Edgerton plays, and I loved him. I it was really excellent. good. Like that scene. Spoiler. Spoiler alert! Real, watch this it. is a real story, though. So, the the scene where they come to get him, mm-hmm. uh, and he's uh, hum- yeah. like he's like he need he's just living he's, in a shithole. But he's kind of uh, when he asks them to. He's not been dyeing his hair, and his hair's yeah. not all greased back anymore, and he's not got the fancy glasses Cause on. Because he because he's an FBI guy who kind of gets mixed up in it. But still carries on being an FBI guy. But he try, he starts trying to be cool, doesn't he? Like yep. a gangster. Um, but I love him. He's an Australian actor. Um, he's and, good. Yeah, he's good. Benedict Cumberbatch plays Billy Bulger, the brother. Really good. Yeah. And I I was thinking, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, I'm always like... I, I feel know. like he played this guy. But in real life, I think that brother might have been more sleazy. Yeah, I do brother. too. Not as sophisticated. Like, Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch always... I always think posh and sophisticated. And in this one, he pulls that off. I mean, it's yeah. clear. It you, It's made clear he's above it. Yeah. 
and he's kind of classy. Which kind of fits for his job that he's doing. Right. Eh, not necessarily. No, 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 not necessarily. Not all senators and congressmen are classy. Well, no. it doesn't mean he's classy, but he has to put on that air. Puts on the air, but yeah. yeah. So, I think he was really... And it wasn't like anything else. I mean, you've seen him in different caricatures of different types of people. And I think he does just enough different things with his body and his face and his the way he speaks to, per, to a person or looks at the person. He does it in a way that he's made a whole new person instead so, of being like... Benedict Cumberbatch is in, he's always, for me, in danger of... I mean, we know him as Sherlock and he's really like... Is a very specific thing about him. Yeah, but Sherlock's all cocked yeah, back he is. and like really. And I'm always in, as soon as he turns up on the screen, I'm always like, I, I can I need to lose Sherlock. Like I, I know he's Sherlock. I know that he's done. He's Sherlock. also Khan, remember? And in this, he um, <laughs> yeah, and he's also about to be uh, Doctor Strange in the Marvel movies. But I need to lose the Sherlock. And in this, I did. I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay. totally. Like not you know, and it, the accent. I don't know if a Boston accent's good or not. It's good <laughs> enough for me. Most yeah. of them. <laughs> it'll pass. Um, Dakota Johnson plays Lindsay, uh, and she She's is... She's really good. Yeah, and that scene where he throws a table. Yeah. <laughs> that scene there is, uh, intense, to say the least. She is basically there because she's the mother of his child. We won't tell you what happens, but she is a reflection of a side of this person that has to exist to be a whole human being. Like, she's really soft-spoken, and she's... She's not afraid of him at all. There's not even a hint of fear. So you know that the way he's been with her, and the child is about seven or eight years old, maybe nine years old, so you know it's been a long-term relationship, and she doesn't have a hint of... She understands. What he is. Clearly. Yeah. But she doesn't have... She doesn't... There's no tension between them. Only what you bring thinking, oh, he's just a jerk, right? She does it exactly right, because she's kind of, like, you know, smooth about it and a little bit... Mm, you know. Yeah, she's good. Like, I don't know. Like, she loves him, but it's okay for him to just keep going. She also <laughs> knows that he's kind of... Yeah. Like, there's a scene where they're with the son at the table. There's the a table. door between who you are over there and who you need to be over here with me. Because that scene's almost funny. There's not much funny parts in this movie, but there's a scene where he's with his young son yeah. and her at the table, and he's giving his son advice... Bad and you don't really want a gangster man giving advice to a young child. And she, even she knows it's bad advice. But it's almost funny, that scene. But, um, yeah, but she's, she's good. good yeah. Uh, so, Kevin Bacon, he's not in it tons. He's FBI agent Charles Maguire. He's good, he, though. Yeah, I really loved him in Cop Car. I keep thinking Cop about Car. Cop Car. I did, too. Good, good movie. Cop Car is a high recommendation. Peter Sarsgaard, who is an excellent... In everything, in my opinion. <laughs> Not everything, um, but the, I good. think the first time I ever saw him was Garden State. Um, and since then, I've always loved him. Like, I, I just think he he was in a... Was he in Spotlight? He was, wasn't he? Was he? I think he was. I wasn't he one of the dudes in Spotlight? I don't remember. But um, he is fantastic in this movie. And he's... Like, when you... The very first scene when you see him, yeah, he yeah. does something really horrible. <laughs> and then... He kind of unravels a bit, like you understand him a bit more as it goes through. But you know, he's not in it a ton. But all the supporting actors in this, every everybody who everybody. turns up, you're like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. Um, Jesse Plemons, another one who recently was in the Fargo. He's so good. He's fantastic. In, if you go and watch Fargo, the second season. Uh, in this again, like a transformation. Not like I was thinking, it's going to be like that Fargo character. No, he's like something else. Like, yeah. 
It's, it's totally different. It's weird. And seeing There's them not through, much if you think about it, but you get the whole vibe of him. But this movie takes place through, it's like a three act thing through three different, is it three decades? It's like the 70s and then. No, just the 70s, early, late 70s, and then early 80s. Different parts of the 80s. It kind of goes through. So obviously they change the look a bit. They don't change the look of Johnny Depp. Yeah, they always kind of look the same, but this guy. Yeah, Jenny, Jesse Plemons is one to look out for, I think. I, you know, you do see him in quite a lot of things nowadays. He was also Todd. That's how I remember him. From Breaking Bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is directed by Scott Cooper, who um, directed Crazy Heart, which I never saw. That's the one with the dude in it. It's about country music, I believe. Oh, yeah, I never did either. And you know what? I think I started it once and I fell asleep. And I don't do that very often. No, I think I believe very that rarely. was up for Academy Awards at the time. It was a I big, think it was, yeah. And then Out of the Furnace, which was, I just looked it up. I don't know anything about that one. It's a Christian Bale film. Um, so I'm not familiar with the Scott Cooper's stuff. But now I'm interested because he is a good... The, the direction of this film and the... Just the way... Uh, Anybody, if there's, if there's a killing in this movie, anybody gets killed, it looks amazing. Like, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, like, it changes kind of, like, sometimes the camera gets on the back of the car or it gets, like, there's a scene where, there's lots of scenes of people getting killed. Just people, like, driving up and then shooting people. They're very stylized. But the rest of the movie isn't kind of like that. He did something there where it, it makes them even more standing out. They stand out. But uh, did you like the wait? It feels like a seventies movie, mm-hmm. kind of old schooly, like you know. I like, I like. That. I don't feel like those scenes were stylized any more than anything else. Because if you think about some of the sets, sometimes like when they come from the, above. When they're in like the parking garage or something, it's got a really cool. Like he's picked a really cool spot where the whole shot is really designed, and then like when they're looking over the river, it's really designed, and they're just having a conversation. So, and none of it's too over the top. It never goes into like action movie territory ever. Like even though there's a scene where Johnny Depp's shooting a shotgun at somebody, but it doesn't full on go like stupid action movie, like you know slow motion explosion or any of that. Hmm. It's, it's all very real looking, which I, I I liked about it. So I think his other stuff could you know obviously be good. Um, so extras there are three. Um, we watched two of them, and one of them's an hour long documentary. Um, so the first one was about... It was just really a straight-up making of the movie, really. Well, well, it was more of an interview with the director who loves to talk. Mm-hmm. So it's 20 minutes, and he's telling you all, like, you know, during the making of the movie. You see lots of on-set stuff with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp didn't get to speak at all in that, did he? don't remember. They kind of blurred together. I know, but they both blurred together. They're very similar. It's just interviews with the people. I don't think Johnny Depp spoke at all in the first one. I think it was all the director and, and that producer guy. But the second one about becoming uh, Whitey Bulger, that was actually about Johnny Depp. Showed you them putting the makeup on him. And uh, he talked about, you know, getting into the character. And then the third one's actually about the real-life manhunt. We haven't seen that one yet, but it's like an hour long. I'll definitely watch that. Um, so I like it when there's a true story movie and then it actually has a true yeah. story extra because we've watched some movies where it's a true story thing and then there's you nothing. Have nothing yeah you gotta research it yourself you, you know and if you ever watch a true story kind of movie like this your best bet is just go to wikipedia like i just did and read <laughs> just, about the. Re- i wouldn't say wikipedia is your best resource for everything it actually is a good resource generally for real life things like this and if it, it will say i would also go to like 
if it's something in the last 30 years, I would go to the newspaper sites for the city that it's happened in, things like that. Wikipedia is not always correct. I always I, I use Wikipedia. I use it all the time, but um, it's not always yeah. correct. But there's also a website that I found a few weeks ago about the true story versus real life. Mm, and and I went good. there, and it does have Black Mass on there too. And it was good for the walk last week, because it shows you... The actor, and then the real person, and then it tells you the differences between the movie and the real story. Uh, so Black Mass is it's called um, Hollywood versus Reality. So, uh, yeah, um, there's plenty of information about this real case, um, which isn't actually really fully wrapped up, this I case. I think so. There's, all... there's loose ends all over it. Like There's things, there's de- from what I was just reading then, there's details that still are not clear... There's people who went missing who sure. are not... But the people all accused of things, apparently, maybe not, but a lot so of them already... One guy said, oh yeah, I murdered 10 people, but the FBI feel like it's more like 20 people, but he only admitted to 10 of them and they did find more bodies who are not accounted for, like nobody said they killed those people. So there's probably more people killed than... All the time. So um, in conclusion for Black Mass, what do you reckon? It's really good. I mean, it's really good quality. I think entertaining so quality. You've got to like dark crime stories, obviously, because uh, it is dark and it is. It's not a light-hearted look at anything. It's not an action movie either. So don't go in thinking, "Oh, this is just going to be full of cool scenes," because it's more of a like spotlight. Like it's more like a just dissecting the people's lives. You know, definitely. Um, so it's more of a slow boiling type thing, like a drama. It's well, not... my word for the week, because I forgot to say the word, is thoughtful. Because cause I have five words I can pick from, and this was thoughtful because it makes me think about crime, hum, humans, humans as living with each other, and how that pan, just plays out all the time. Like, what's wrong with some people that... They can't just follow the rules, you know? Well, some people would say they're the pe- they're the right ones. Like, the ones who... They're the right ones who go out murdering and raping and selling drugs? Like, Why is that? How, who says that's right? The the people who do that. No, they would say it's right. Why? Because they're the, the lion on top of the, you know, the pride. Like, the you're all the prey, and they're the pre- prey. I don't think they'd say it's right. I think they're going to just say this. Just the I mean, they not say that <laughs> they they, you know, if it come to a zombie apocalypse, that guy would be Negan, and you'd just be a zombie. I don't think so. That's what. I'm, well, maybe not you. Somebody <laughs> he, he'd be the guy on top of the tower, like laughing at people. Have you met me? I'm quite charismatic and charming. I don't think you'd be Negan. <laughs> he might be. though. No, it's a very like it's like a, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, charismatic. Uh, Charismatic but evil, <laughs> like you know. So you, that's the that's the most dangerous combination yep. because you can control people, like with your char- charisma, and then you can also shut people down, stab with, them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, go to askly.com. Next week's Blu-ray review is Our Brand Is Crisis. It's uh, Sandra Bullock and Mr. Billy Bob Thornton. We're going to look at that one. So movie recommendations. I am going with the subject of Black Mass. Two of my favourite gangster movies, if you could call them gangster movies, I guess you can. Goodfellas, obviously. <laughs> the, my favourite, 
most people's favorite is God, The Godfather, but I actually like Goodfellas because of the era that it's set in. It's more appealing to me. Um, that era, I like the music and everything about that. And my other one is um, The Departed, which is Martin Scorsese again. Both of those are Martin Scorsese, I just realised. True. And The Departed also has Whitey Bulger in it. So um, it's not... The Departed is not a story about Whitey Bulger, but it is because it's about corruption between the FBI and mobs. And it's exactly, you know, it's the time that this happened. So yours are? Mine are going in line with the, I'm going to tell you all the movies I've ever seen or documented that I've ever seen or remember that I've ever seen, kind of. And we're in the A's. We're in the all category, as you can see. (laughs) Well, alive, which I'm sure most people have heard of. Soccer team crashes in the Alps or someplace. Some mountaintop where it's frozen and cannibalistic things I wonder if it's still good, that movie. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if it's... I mean, it's really good at the time. It's quality. Like, the the crash itself was amazing looking. True. I don't know. But... Watch again. And then we have All Dogs Go to Heaven, All of Me, All the President's Men, and All Things Fair. I don't know. I hadn't forgotten... Yeah. What? You forgot what? All Dogs Go to Heaven. I don't know that one. It's a cartoon. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's very fun. The I president, it. All the President's Men is amazing. It's really yes. freaking amazing. All of Me is Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin, where uh, he, I think, is inside of her. It's like a, he dies and goes inside of her, and then he sees everything through her eyes or something like that. It's been 30 years probably since I've seen it. And All Things Fair, I couldn't remember it. I still don't remember it. You recall that we... I remember it. Yeah, and I wrote I a whole. I can see scenes. From I wrote it, a whole review about it. Yeah, you did. So clearly, I've seen it, but it sounds really good. <laughs> I can see the scenes in it's my. It's based head. in World War Two. Yeah. A young boy, student, fifteen-year-old, gets involved with this thirty-seven. You know why teacher. you might not remember it? What it shows you on the cover and what it says, like it's about. That's a like. It's probably like two minutes of the whole movie. That relationship between them. It's more about. It's a, it's about these school. It's it's not about that relationship fully. Right. I just have to see it again, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of misadvertised, the cover. Right. That's it, my recommendation. So games and A-Scully stuff, I played one game this week, Quantum Break. I told you about it last week, and I finished it this week, and I have to say, meh. (laughs) It's that one where it's like a TV show, and then it's like a game, and then it's like a TV show, and then it's like a game, and it's time travelling. You were talking about how great it was last week. I wasn't saying how great it was, I was saying how I like the trans... The, yeah, it looks great. Da, da, da. Like, you went on and on about it. Yeah, but it. the gameplay, actual the shooting mechanics and the gameplay is kind of boring. So you were jumping to conclusions last week. But the no, I no, I in fact I didn't say I liked it last week. I said I liked the the change from live action video to uh gameplay where it's kind of seamless. That was the part I liked about it. Right. So the game itself, you know, it's a time traveling story. I thought it was going to get clever with the story and then it ended, and I was like, oh, is that it? It's just like an episode of Doctor Who, because they, they make a time machine, and they go through this time machine, and there's a bad guy who went through the time machine, and they've gone ten years in the future. And then the bad guy goes back, and he knows ten years in the future, so he can become rich. It's really that boring time travel, what we've all seen a million times, right? Like, he understands that 9-11's going to happen, so he tells people it's not going to not happen. He becomes this dude, you know... It's really, really... You know, if I said to you, write a time travel uh, story, 
and you went, you just thought, well, okay, I'm just going to look at all the other time travel stories and just piece it together. And it feels like an episode of Doctor yeah. Who. 101 of time travel. That's what yeah. it was, yeah. The, and I, I was thinking, well, no, the last act of this is going to be amazing, right? They're going to surprise us. There's going to be something. No, it just kind of just goes down the boring time travel story. And I'm not saying all time travel stories are boring, but it's just weak, like, you know. Um, so the other thing is, um, and this isn't game related, this is uh, viewing related. We are, if you're familiar with the comedian Louis C.K., a lot of people are, he's a famous stand up comedian, American. Um, he has made a new show called Horace and Pete. It's only available on his website. You can buy it. It's $31 for the whole season. He's just funding it himself, so he's selling it himself. Like, you don't go to Netflix. You just buy it from his site. Uh, streaming. So, um, it's a comedy. And if you're familiar with Louis C.K., he made a show called Louis. He also made a show called Lucky Louis, which is very similar to this show, actually. Lucky Louis, the way it is. Remember Lucky Louis, the one he did before Louis on HBO? where he lived in the apartment with the girlfriend. Uh, it's very matter-of-fact, and it's very stage play Yeah, it's not like this, though. It's no, I just mean as... the way it is. Like It's like it's like it was all, it often like in one fashion. room for the whole thing. Like you know, It's just an old-fashioned, like an old-fashioned sitcom. We know Laugh Track, though. So, yeah. so it's more like a stage play. So that's True. what Horace and Pete is. It's like, it's a show set in a bar uh, that this Horace and Pete own. And it's just life in this bar between these characters. And, you know, um, Louis C.K. It's kind of boiling it down too much. I'm trying to give you a quick synopsis. But Louis C.K. plays plays Horace, and Pete is played by Steve Buscemi. And Alan Alder is uh, Uncle Pete. Uh, Excellent cast. Edie Falco is the sister. Really good. Um, Yeah, it's a superb cast, like, and it's a. If you like Louis C.K.'s brand of humor. Yeah, but you gotta be prepared. You're not gonna if you if you're sensitive or you think people shouldn't say certain things, even if the character is portraying that person like a racist or a misogynistic prick, or a person who's just hateful about fat people or hateful about homosexuality. There are people in the world like that, and Louis C.K. represents them in characters. If you can't handle that, and you're gonna sit there all judgmental and shit. Then don't watch it. Yeah, you're not gonna like if it. You know, if you're familiar with Louis C.K.'s stand-up and his show Louis, he tackles really difficult subjects. He likes to. He likes to poke at things like that. He likes to, you know. Because he's like me. I think I have a similar mind where I don't understand. I do not understand racism. I just don't get it. I can understand if somebody's a prick and they treat you like shit or they commit a crime, that individual is a prick. Yeah, absolutely. They are to be despised or controlled or made to disappear from this planet. I have no problem with that. If every other person on the planet who resembles that person or has one similar belief or one similar thought or one similar anything, like hairstyle, skin color, religion, political view, as that one person, and then you decide to poison the whole group, I mean, you're an idiot. Seriously. So me, I'm extremely anti all that bullshit. And yet I can watch the Alan Alda character and completely understand because I'm raised by these people. Yeah, I mean, we know that, like that, we know that there are people like that. It's, <laughs> not, a, it's it. not an exaggeration. Yeah, I've it's, lived it. My yeah, I'm dad, saying that's, yeah. that's not an exaggeration. It's no, it's not. It's, in fact, it's tame. Yeah. 
because well, no, it is tame. It's pretty hardcore, isn't no, it? No, it is tame. To what I've heard and what I've experienced as a child when growing up, tame, tame, tame. I mean, he's an old man now, so he's you know, it's biting and it's difficult to hear. But then you have to say that character is the thing. Well, what I really love about this Horace and Pete is the relationship between Horace and Pete. I like Steve Buscemi is one of my favorite actors, and in this in this, Jessica I, just, Tan- I mean Jessica Lange also. Jessica Lange's also in it. Um, it's just the same. She was in it's King got, Kong. Louis C.K. likes this. Um, it feels. I, I was reading about how they made this, and he said he like did a lot of one take things. Like we, he didn't want to, um, like that one we just watched, the whole monologue mm-hmm. type episode that they. Did oh, yeah, in- the woman who played um, Roseanne's sister, and I always forget her name. She was in the last episode. Amazing. And the, it's literally I mean, 45 minutes of her talking. She does this. Yeah. She tells a story, and, exp- and it's all just focused on, like, her from her chest up. She's just sitting at a table. And her expressiveness and her emotion, it goes from funny to awkward and terrible and gut-wrenching and then, like, funny again. It's I what mean, Louis does. It, amazing. Uh, if you've watched Louis, you can be laughing your head off watching Louis, and then at the end you can feel like crying. That's what how he, <laughs> he really stirs things up. But this show is it's one of those treats for me. It's like, I don't want to finish it. Like, I want to just watch one every day, like, but... It's like a treat. It's like, whenever he does something to me, it's like, oh, more, you know, when Louis came about and I realized how awesome it is, whenever a new season came around, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, this is t- like TV. How it's, But this is different because it's like watching a stage play. It feels different mm-hmm. than TV. So you can only get it on louisck.com. I'm not advertising for him. I just think it's an exceptional thing that, you know, if you're into Louis C.K. or comedy... It's not just comedy, it's drama. It reminds me of something like Ricky Gervais also would do something like this. He likes to be very biting. Nah, I think it's different. You know? Ricky never has like a big... Like extras. You digging know? thing, though. It's just a little more superficial. Louis likes, seems like he wants to get to the gut of you. Mm. And he's forgiving. His, he, as a person, I believe, even though he was repulsed by these things, racism and homophobic and people with bullshit political views and religious views, he, he like, he's repulsed what by What he said on however, was he finds it funny. But then he watches a person and thinks, you're just a person. Like, there's like good in that. Like, you got like that somehow. Yeah. That's, that's what he said on Howard. They interviewed him this week. He said, uh, he finds racists hilarious, like Hitler is funny to him. Like, there's something very funny... You're not winning him any fans. No, this is how he said. It's something very funny about somebody who got that way and is not afraid to be that way, you know. How is that funny? It's just funny to him. Like, it, like it, his best material, he said, comes from, like, just outright people. The, like, a person... He, he said a person walked in, he was in a room, and a person walked in, he was waiting somewhere... And it was a person with Tourette's. And what... The Tourette's person can't control it. And the Tourette's person started yelling the N-word and F this and F that. And then he spoke to the Tourette's person and the Tourette's person was the funniest person he'd ever spoke to. Not because of the Tourette's. Just... They'd... Because they like that, they had... It had... You know... You have to see a sense of humour... On that item. Still doesn't explain why he would think Hitler is funny. He said Hitler is one of the funniest things. He could write material about Hitler all day. And it would be funny. 
you would go to a stand-up show. It would be all about Hitler, and it would be funny because there's a lot of fun to be made. I think I'd have to listen to this because I don't think you're explaining it right because I don't think he thinks what Hitler did is funny. No, no, what he did is funny. What the guy is, the, the like, that guy is just funny to him. Like, it, there's a lot to make fun of. That's better than and, saying... And a racist is the same thing, he said. You get a racist... See, I think that's the way to say it. It's not that they're funny, that there's a lot to make fun of. Right, it's that funny. doesn't make them it's funny. It's inevitably like, funny to You're entertaining racist. me because you're Hitler. No. He finds a racist funny. He's a, he's a racist people talking to each other, and to him it's funny. Like, it, like it's... He listens to a racist comic, he finds that funny. There's something funny about it. Not that he's being racist, that it's... The, the material is funny because it's uncomfortable and awkward and I think Ricky Gervais is the same Ricky Gervais uh, had said on Twitter this week he just wrote his new stand-up show he's not done a stand-up show for years mm. he's wrote a new one and he said it's so offensive when he, re- when he read it back he doesn't think that he would survive his career he's going to have to like but he'd love to go on the road with this super offensive because it th- that's what's funny to them like it's but I don't think you're seeing it right Andrew Dice Clay is the same Hitler isn't funny no, that's not what he said. He I know, said, but an Ender Dice Clay isn't funny. What's what's there to make fun of is that this person is such a blight that they don't, and they're not ashamed, and they're not hiding it, that you can poke fun at them. It's a Ender bit of Dice both. Clay he, said, isn't he, funny. He, said, he said that the act of racism is funny, as well as a racist being funny. I don't know if it's funny, but it's like it's kind of wacky. Because it doesn't it, make any sense. Uh, yeah, like that, and, and also maybe you're not around it. But I think and the way you're saying you it, people it, are be like, "Oh, he thinks racism's funny. He doesn't think it's funny. He, he said he did, it's a, but it's atrocious. He, you know, he thinks that. But what he finds funny is that this person, that people do it, like that. You can be, you're like making yourself look like a fucking idiot. That's what's funny about you, like, you know. He doesn't think that someone lynching another no, human being is funny. No, that no. He's just talking about. No, but the way how you're saying is, it is that no, what, sound. Well, I'll, I'll clarify. <laughs> he said when people are speaking racist, he's been in rooms where comics are just being racist, and he's listening to it. He, he might not join in and be racist, but he finds what they're saying hilarious. Like there's so much, there's so much to take from it because you don't hear that conversation. Like in normal life, what he wants he says, to take from it is to put a mirror up to them and show them how yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, and that's they why are. I was saying that's what Ricky yeah. Gervais does. He puts a mirror up to like religious e- people like everybody and, <laughs> and says, "Like, look, you're idiots, like all of you." So, but what you're saying and doing isn't funny to the world. It's just that I want to make fun of you. Yeah, which some yeah. Might, some might say that. Well, that's despicable because you're just bullying them. But that's they're fair. they're also being hateful too, aren't they? So. It's a bit of stick and stones kind of thing. Mm. So uh, on a different subject, so yeah, got Horace and Pete, thirty-one dollars, uh, Louis C.K. I don't know if that is ten episodes. Sounds like a lot to me. It's like the price of a DVD set, I guess. So. It's a lot. Three dollars an episode? Fuck that! Yeah. I wouldn't pay it. <laughs> Sorry, I, but I, I wouldn't pay that. Like, well, I know you wouldn't pay it, but no. like, like, for instance, Star Trek is three dollars an episode. So I think you just went off yeah, the price. I wouldn't pay that either, and yeah. I love Star Trek. So, uh, but yeah, it is exceptional, uh, and it's the only way you can see it. So that's the way to see it. So, and the other thing is uh, a really sad note this week. Uh, Prince died, not Prince Charles. Prince. Prince. You know, what? Americans don't really think Prince Charles. We think Prince when you right, say. Right, we prince. would think the prince. One of the princes died. We wouldn't. That, we think, that's why. Because there's only one prince, and now he's dead. Yeah, 
Mr. What was his real name? I don't know, actually. wasn't just Prince, was it? In fact, he wasn't. He didn't want to be known as Prince. He was known as the artist, and then he was known as... Uh, 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 the artist formerly known as Prince. And then another name, like a Muslim name or some some, some other name he wanted to be. He's not Muslim. He's a Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness. There's some <laughs> name that's associated with that that he wanted People to be might not as. know that. He was a Jehovah's Witness, I think, most of his life. Yeah. Um, Howard was telling a story about... It, it was weird, because I was listening to Howard Stern show, and it was from three days ago, before Prince died. And somebody phoned in and said, uh, Howard... Um, I'm stood outside um, the Ticketmaster office getting tickets for Prince. I'm really excited because he's doing this new tour. And he said it's $350 a ticket, though. It's, like, ridiculous. Have you got, like, a... Can you do a... The guy said on the phone, can you do, like, a um, quiz and I can win some money so I can pay for these tickets? (laughs) And Howard said, I've got a bone to pick with Prince. And this is three days ago before Prince died. Three days before Prince died. Yeah, so uh, Howard said, I fucking hate that guy because I spent $1,000 about two months ago, to go and see him live. We went to see him live, and he wouldn't turn the house lights on so you couldn't see him the entire performance. He didn't want to be seen that night. Didn't somebody else say that? Kevin Smith said that. Yeah, and Howard said it. He said, fuck Prince. I don't want anything to do with him anymore. I felt I was just... It was just like listening to a record. Sat in a room listening to a record. (laughs) And now he's died. So it'd be interesting that that came up three days before he died, but... Yeah, everybody has been affected by Prince, I think, you if, really, you, if yes. you're a certain age. Affected by his music. I mean, we're all... By his music, yeah. yeah and he was a bit I didn't crazy. know him as a person. No. But, I mean, he was an artist, and he you know, he did have his things where he went on tour, and he, they had one tour where he just had a curtain in front of him, and you couldn't see him. He had another, like he said, he'd turn the lights off, or he wouldn't turn to the audience sometimes, just however he felt, like he was just going to do the music wasn't about him but then in the 80s it was about a big look and a, a feel and all that but um you know I, I listened to his greatest hits album this week all of those songs <laughs> yeah. there isn't a it, song you don't it transports know. you yeah. back to that day the days of listening to you know it all, it, you know you have a thing in your head it all transports mm-hmm. to me i'm going to the odeon cinema in mm-hmm. manchester to watch purple rain the movie and I'm waiting outside, and we've got a Walkman. So it was one of my friends has got the Purple Rain tape on the Walkman, and we're listening to it before we went to watch it. And then I went to see Purple Rain, and you've all seen Purple Rain, and it's not... It's not uh, great. Unless you're a mega Prince fan, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's average at best, right? The story is kind of... It reminds me a bit of 8 Mile. How yeah, 8 yeah. Mile's not great, but if you love Eminem, you probably love it. And it's just got that thing. Yeah, you know, rousing angsty. thing. Yeah, like, oh, he was treated badly and then he yeah. came on to be an artist. But yeah, it's not a great movie. The acting's kind of dodgy. But I, it just transports me back to that day, stood in the rain, listening to the album, and then going watching this film, and then coming out and going, that was an average. <laughs> so thanks, Prince, for that. Um, but yeah, it's sad, really, because we've had Bowie and now Prince this this year. And well, Rickman. Legends Rickman. in music, though, I was thinking. Like, le- like Bowie... And Prince, you know, there's not many artists who, where you can go, hey, do you know who Prince is? No, but because it spans our life and our youth. Yeah. That's why it's impactful. There was even a dude on my Facebook who I talked to a lot who's 18. And he's 18, right? So Prince isn't in, like, Prince's major thing was not in his lifetime. And it affected him badly because he loves Prince. Like so, the okay. I think I'm not. I'm not trying to be rude here, but I'm, it's going to sound rude. Here's you ready for my advice? Okay, for supper we're having Jimmy John's. I'm not ready. I'm not finished. Oh, all right. 
finish what you're saying, then I'll move on to my thing about what I want to say. But anyway, Prince affected lots of people um, for his music. His music is awesome. My favourite Prince song, if you were wondering, When Doves Cry, yours is. Let's Go Crazy, 1999, uh, Cream. No, only one. You no, know, those, I, I don't When know Doves one. Cry. I had to think long and hard to, to get the one. And I like one Cream. When Doves Cry. Get on top. So, you don't like Sexy Motherfucker. That's not your favorite. I never heard that one. Oh, really? All right, then. So, um, I will finish and you can carry on. Okay, for dinner, we're having Jimmy John's because I'm going to go pick it up and then we're going to watch Svengule. And my advice is, don't matter what that one says because you just reminded me what I want to say. I understand when someone famous dies who's either done something that you've enjoyed or has, like, you feel has had an impact on your life. Like, you know, it's the saddest song you ever heard so you play it every time you think of your grandfather who died or when you broke up with this guy that's the music you went to or it was the best night of your life and you played the soundtrack to breakfast club i mean whatever that's awesome we all have it we all have those things right you loved tony scott Top and the Gun. movies impact you in a way star wars and then knowing that he's gone yeah your perception is you're impacted by this individual's death and the only impact really is we don't get more entertainment from them we don't know you them do personally. Feel, it's funny how you feel that connection with somebody yeah, but you're you not, know. You but do. you're not connected But, you, but you do, don't you, as a human being? I understand. That's my mm. problem. We're not affected by that person's death. You can't sit here and be all mournful and shit that one famous rich person who got rich because you're paying him for his music and enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. They've died. While there are <laughs> literally... Thousands of other people dying on this planet every day in horrible, terrible, disgusting ways, or people dying in sad ways, or other people dropping dead in elevators, or having heart attacks, or strokes, people of different levels of impact on different amounts of humanity. A person who's made music or done entertainment, it's right out in the forefront. Yeah, well, fame but for somebody to just sit and be like all mournful and shit, I get it. I like, mean, there are people who've turned up at Prince's compound to yeah. mourn. And I don't have a problem with know expressing him, your feelings. I'm not saying don't yeah. express it, but like get a reality check that you didn't. Well, unless you did know that individual, a lot of people are going to know all these people, right? A lot of people knew David Bowie. A lot of people knew Prince individually and in the community and in their family and their friends. Those are the people, right, who are actually impacted. The only impact to us is no more products, no more music, no more movies. Or, or no just more. the emotion of it's very sad that he died so young. Or, and, true, yeah. but then that's all, you're done with it. Then yeah. you can just go back and listen to 1999 again and you can go watch Boba Rain 500 times, you know. But the person, the people impacted are truly the people who know that person. So... Well, I was like, oh, man, that sucks, because I'm always interested to know more about a person like him who has never been afraid, it seems to me. Like, we've watched Madonna over, the, over our lifetime as well. Over 40 years of time, really almost 40 years, of she, she ebbs and flows with what people make popular. She makes an intentional dive toward everything that's going to be popular, as an artist. To stay relevant. Or, to stay relevant, yeah. I think, to express herself, all that, whatever, what, anything I've ever heard her say. That makes sense. Prince, as a person, it seems, goes the other direction. I'm I just going do what to, I want. Yeah. And in either, fact, either in, you get it or you don't. In fact, he did lots of stuff that, even, well, it's that even the hardcore fans went, 
I, I don't get it. It's, it's right. Playing, like, he recorded this, like, awesome thing. And then when you get the record, it's him playing this awesome thing backwards. Like, the whole thing is him playing it. And they're like, you know, it. like, yeah, I get, I get it, but... Even, but I want purple. Even as a fan, it's alienating. <laughs> yeah, but are you, then you have to examine what kind of fan am I? Am I just the popular stuff fan, and I'm just superficial, and I yeah. like that shit? Or do I appreciate you as an artist? You know, that's a different topic. But I just, it's a little annoying to me. I would I put a little sad face, and I posted my own little thing to, you know, that... Because to me, that's an end of that well, potential for more. I can say as a person, you know... When Bowie died, and when Prince died, those two afternoons, when it came out, I was bum, bummed out, like, both <laughs> yeah. times. Like, I, I, it was the same, and James Gandolfini was another one. And it actually Scott? bummed me out. I was, like, for the rest of the day, might have been a short period, might have <laughs> yeah. been a day, I was bummed out by it. Like, it was like, what the fuck, somebody... And as like, we get older, and the people who seem to reflect our youth, even though they're older than us, yeah. every boy and him are both... 10 years older than us were. But they did affect... It still reflects our mortality. Mm -hmm. Because just as every generation starts losing the people, like as we go into the next 20 or 30 years, all those people are going to start I said, I I said to you this week, I want to start um, building a protective wall around Ringo and Paul. Because, because, you know, they're not getting any younger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> give them, find the fountain of youth. Give them a shot of some elixir Something. that will keep them alive. Because yeah. you know this, <laughs> e- even the death of Bowie and Prince, to those two guys who are, are other legends, they must be like, yeah, you know, it's. I yeah. hear it knocking. <laughs> yeah. It's coming, knocking on heaven's door. So it is sad that that a family and a bunch of friends and a bunch of people lost another loved one, and yet. Always remind yourself that that's happening right this instant, right now, for lots of other humans in lots of other kinds of terrible circumstances that no one will ever know. No one will ever post pictures of them or praise them in public or tell their story. They're just, they just fade away. Right, so... um, That's sadder than Prince dying. It's pretty sad. It's a, you know, his music over the last... 10 years is you as if you're not a mega prince fan you're not going to remember any of it so some could say well we're not going to get any more and he could have but he was an artist type guy who, who just made what he wanted he, mm-hmm. he, he, he didn't he, he probably wasn't planning on making another purple rain he never played purple rain again because he, he got sick of it like he didn't so i think that makes sense oh my god i don't want to draw the same picture 500,000 times he was one of those boring. guys uh, like you go to his concert recently and you're thinking, oh, maybe we'll hear when Doug's He's gonna, it's, he gonna buy that. The stage is going to be black, and you're going to hear, dearly beloved, we're going to hear today. Da, 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 da. No, this is what you're expecting. Yeah. And, and you're not going to. The really, lights come no. up, and it's like, let's go. Get, no. You had to be alive in the 80s to see that. Now, he, he was. A, but without being morbid, now you'll never get that chance, no matter what. No. <laughs> like, that is that. So, yes. farewell to Prince. Thank you. Thank you for the good times. Alright, so I remind you about our website, it's aschoolie.com, you can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. There's a big news this week, Google have added a podcast feature to Google Play Music, so now we are featured there because of my proactiveness of getting it on there quickly, so I'm proud to say we're on Google Play, if you're on Android, you just open the Google Play Music and put after the show in, you can listen to the podcast straight on your Android phone. 
if you're on i if you're on Apple, exactly the same. Go to iTunes and listen. So we're covered on both the uh, phone fronts. Windows Phone, who knows? I don't even think Windows Phone's going to exist in another few in another <laughs> few months. They're kind of up in air about whether really, it's, yeah. It's like the Zoom. I think they're going to discontinue. So we're covered on Android and uh, Apple, which is the big big platforms. Uh, or you can just go to aschooler.com, subscribe with anything you want, because we have an RSS feed, uh, and listen to our podcast. But yeah, Google Play. And we have a live feed in our house, so you can listen to everything we say. I'm surprised <laughs> uh, it got on Google Play so fast. They were very... Like, I submitted the feed, and they had to review it. They sent me a thing back saying your image is a person good. did that? Well, it was a person who sent me a thing back and said, your image isn't good enough. Can oh. you upload a bigger one? <laughs> That's a person. So I did. You have to upload a 4K image for the podcast now because they say it could be on a 4K TV, so we have to cater for the So bit. is there an app we can look at on the TV? Yeah, through through anything, like through uh, Roku, through, you know, Google Let's Play. Let's check it out. Yeah. So, um, we'll see what the image looks like. So, yeah, if you've got an Android phone, it's it's... The best thing about it is on an Android phone, Google Play Music's loaded by default, so everybody has it. Open it, you'll see podcasts after the show. You can listen to it straight there, stream it, download it, whatever you want. So um, It's you... $31 for the whole season. It is. <laughs> at louisck.com. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can email feedback to me, aschoolie.com, don't email Sid Talk, and stay classy, Mr. Prince. I don't know what your real name was. I just call you Prince, or the artist formerly known as Prince. Or Mr. Princington. Also, happy birthday to the Queen, who was 90 years old this week. The Queen of England, if you are American and don't know who the Queen is. It says here that his name was Prince Roger Nelson. But I don't know if that's right. It probably is. I don't know. I don't know what that source is. I'm going to call him Prince Willie Nelson. No, it says here. No, it probably is right. That was Prince Google. Prince Rogers Nelson... Born of June seventh, nineteen fifty-eight, and then he died April twenty-first, twenty sixteen. Wikipedia is right on that shit. Uh, American singer-songwriter, etc. But that's what they say his name is: Prince Rogers Nelson. All right, so stay classy, Mister Prince Rogers Nelson. Fair enough, and I'm going to say, think for yourself, or somebody will do it for you. Mm-hmm.